and and the lady that says we are recording doesn't say it anymore. So now I'm like always. She still says it to it, me. Do you guys hear it? Yeah, yeah. She says it to me. I've never heard anybody say it's that. It's like, a, you know, the Google, like Google lady. She seconds ago. I've you never heard this recording. woman speak in my life. Yeah, yeah. She just told me. You are yeah. the chosen one, Shamal Patel. She, she stopped that. <laughs> oh, okay, wait. I, I figured out. In any case, um, I, don't, I don't have my words <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> that I always say. Oh my god! So basically, so woefully, prepared, woefully butchered. unprepared. I am ready. But just, I'm ready. but just hang on. Fetch my phone, man, please. Shabamba my... beef or <laughs> <laughs> I love shabamba. <laughs> but listen, but listen, but listen. Uh, 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 has anybody been um, like watching like TV? Um, yeah, like has, has anybody watched Jack Reacher? Yes, oh, just on Reacher. Prime. Just Reacher. Reacher. So, yeah, yeah. Reacher. Fucking hell, that yeah. show is good, eh? Yeah, that's a good show. Yo, I was. Yeah, not everything. I was not. I haven't been, like completely just sat and binged the show. I still have to watch the last two episodes of it. My wife just keeps putting it off to watch other stuff, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I really dug it. No, I've been watching season two of Demon Slayer and holy shit. <laughs> I need to get into that. They are blowing some movie level budget. <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched the movie yet. I, I, I the need movie? To see movie. No, it's not terrible, but uh, even though I know it's canon, the movie actually feels like a filler arc uh, because... Not much actually happens in the movie, if I'm honest. Um, I'll so watch you, it anyway. Like, yeah, look, if you've got the time and the bandwidth for it, whatever, like, go for it. But, like, you won't feel like you lost that if you just read the Wikipedia sum- summary. Just hang on, oh, I have a little boys. We have a guest. It's like our first guest on the podcast, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is a good day. Let me find my notes. Are we, are we doing any um, movie news things today? I do want to just talk briefly about Uncharted. Um... Hello, what's your name? What's his name? <laughs> I can't remember. I know he's told us this before. Because we, we, if we're going to do movie news, we have to talk about that Doctor Strange trailer. Yes, yes, and yes. And the voice, the voice in the trailer. Uh, I did want to mention that, but uh, I also wanted to actually talk about... Um, like the reviews for Uncharted are actually not terrible. People. That's basically what I expected. It's Tomb Raider level. It's like a very safe yeah, it's like, template no, with Uncharted it's characters. Like, it's not the worst the thing you've ever seen, but it's also not the greatest. It's okay. It's, it's nothing new and inventive and exciting. It's just like safe. Okay. But I've said that overly long preamble. Awe and salam alaikum to episode 15 of 1 million of iGen's Watchlist. I'm your host, your very, very late host, Zaid Grill, alongside a triumphant trio of nerds, starting with the Kervinate himself, Kervin Kluter, the nerd from Nowhere Shadi Desai, and the second Shamalama Ding Dong, Shamiz Patel, Papa Thanasio. So, like, that's a late intro. We know, normally say that at the beginning. So, you probably heard us talk all of the other nonsense. And then somehow that slipped in and you realize, oh, now you are listening to the IGN Watchlist podcast. Very, very late. Um, Maf, sorry, sorry for the delay. 
Um, so just for explanation for anybody that was wondering, two weeks ago, um, not to start the show on a downer, um, I had the unfortunate experience of having three elders in my extended family all pass away in the same week. Um, that was a thing that happened, and you know, there's nothing you can really do about that. And then last week, myself and Shamiz were both sick. You can, if you hear Shamiz croak, Shamiz, Shamiz, just let the people know what you sound like. Yeah, this is my new voice. Enjoy it. It does have um, some character, so just know. <laughs> so Shamiz sounded worse last week. So I was also ill. Um, so that's our explanation. Like you can accept that or not accept that, but that's our, that's our story. And that's what we're saying is happening. So um, we are actually like way, way late coming with episode two for IGN's watch list. Um, and, and only one movie in. <laughs> Technically, we should be dis- did us dirty, man. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, we should, have, we should be actually discussing movie three already. But I... I, I like to think of it this way. I gotta put a positive spin on everything, right? So I like to think of it this way. The movie that Shamiz picked for us was so profound and deep and heavy <laughs> that we required <laughs> an additional two weeks to contemplate everything that we had seen. Um, yeah. Even, even <laughs> I disagree with that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Hey? Even Nobody's I disagree with that. Shabiz, what, what, did we, what did we watch? I, I what, actually what's your it. number? What's your number with Anna Faris and Chris? I almost said Chris Pratt. Sorry, Chris Evans. But also Chris Pratt. Yes, and also Chris yes, Pratt. Actually, Listen, also. I I need to say, was this movie the casting call for... For the for the MCU because I saw quite a number yeah. of familiar faces in there. <laughs> yes. it's, it's it's not just MCU. Like there's a lot of people in this movie that this movie that I've never heard about in my life before. Shamiz actually mentioned. I told you it was real. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this was not a big release or anything. No. Where did they get all these people from? It's like, so everybody. In, it's so interesting. Yeah. Like before we even discuss like the product, like so like primary your, your primary cost. Um, Chris Evans, Anna Faris, right? They they are pretty big names. Chris uh, Chris uh, Evans, obviously Captain America, but Anthony Mack is in there. Another Captain America. Chris Pratt is in there. He's a Star Lord. Martin Freeman is in there. Uh, I forget his character's name. He's the Tolkien white guy from yeah. from Black Panther. <laughs> um, Andy Samberg is in there. Uh, there was like a lot of fairly well known. Oaks in that film. Yes. And like Kerbin was saying, it's like, but weird. Like, why did this movie get made? Never heard of it until uh, Shamiz says, My nomination for next week is What's Your Number? <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, I, thank you, I guess. <laughs> I um, it wasn't great. I will say that it's, it's definitely not great. But I think, I think, as somebody who watches a ton of rom coms, it does check all the boxes for a rom com and it doesn't do it badly. It's just not one of the ones that you remember and intend to rewatch. I want to ask you quickly something, uh, Shamiz. Like, like you saw that movie uh, before you nominated it. It's not, not like it was recommended to you by Netflix. Like, you remember no, I watching s- it. I saw it. I saw it years ago, way before Captain America was even in my head. I saw it a long time ago. 
And Does, I just remember it came it out being, a while before we even Captain America was. It's a 2011. It's, it's a 2011. 2011. It's the same yeah. year. Came out. Came out the same year. You made I this watched wild. it before I watched Captain America. I know that. And I thought it was funny. That was it. I thought it was cute and funny. But it was one of those movies that you wanted a rom com. You've seen literally everything else. So you put that one on and you're like, I like the banter between these two characters. So you did. Glad someone did. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say now, I felt like they just wasted these actors. Like, really. I, I, okay. I felt like it was like a film that could have amounted to more. And yes. then like a really cool, mm. like rom-com ploy and everything. Yes. Yeah. But it just never push that boundary so no, it kind exactly. of just stagnated yeah so like what's the what's, big moment what's the, the like the, the primary ingredients for a rom-com right so you need like the ploy you, you need, you need like ploy. reasonably attractive le- leads right yes. like like sevens and higher if the unless part, unless part of the plot is that one of them is an ago right wow <laughs> that's the best friend that's the best even friend then, even then they get even, a makeover that's even then they'll get a makeover yeah you, spot on right and then so you need like two reasonably attractive leads and you need like a contrivance of a thing to get them together and yes, then the, the contrivance yeah the ploy so that so in this, in this case, case it's, romantic forced, MacGuffin. it's forced proximity that's the name of the trip so they were obviously forced together to work together and plus their neighbors yeah yeah but i mean look the details of the of the of the hijinks is is that she reads an article that says that if a woman has had um, 20, 20. Or more, 20 or more partners, 20 or more romantic partners, or more explicitly, uh, sexual partners, then it's highly unlikely that she's going to get married, right? So at that point in the story, she's, she's been with 19 men, and she's like, oh, no, whoever number 20 is, that's going to have to be the one because the others are crap. Then she has a one-night stand with a boss, who was just fired the day before, right? And he's very creepy. Yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be. It's a Joel McHale. Joel McHale. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another well-known face. Like, that's yeah. his brand, right? Is I'm, I'm, a <laughs> I'm creepy, right? <laughs> so she sleeps with him and she's like, oh no, I definitely can't marry this dude. And so she decides, okay, I need to track down my 19 previous boyfriends see how they've changed in the interim. One of them is my life partner. And then Chris Evans is a neighbor and he somehow some gets, reason, first gets some roped reason, into it. Yeah, he's really the, good at checking people down. Yeah, and His then father's he, a police officer. Or something. So apparently that makes him like half the ground or something. <laughs> so then he gets roped into like helping her track down these oaks. By the way, what was his job? He's a, he's a musician. He's a struggling musician that plays at the gigantic wedding. <laughs> like, what? That's not struggles? <laughs> that's the most 2000s trope ever. Like, no, that's the most rom com trope. Like, it's like you'll see people and they're like, oh, we're down in our luck, but then they share, like, they have a two bedroom apartment with like a Mursi thing and whatever. They have like some job, but they never Come have on, to be there. Poor is not part of the fantasy. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, it's it's very rom comy, but it's like Shadley was saying earlier. It's like I could, could it's like one of those things. I actually can't put my finger on it because like I feel like it should have been a funnier movie. Mm. Um, it, it could, I felt like it could have amounted to more. Like 
it had potential and it had like the acting potential also to go further. And you just like, like do the thing. And then it's like, it doesn't do the thing where it like levels up and you're like, everyone just goes. Everyone goes. Everyone in front and behind the camera just coasts. Like the directing, the writing, like no one is trying hard here. Everyone is ticking boxes. Everyone is just on the phone, calling it in. (laughs) They're just ticking boxes. It's it's just sad because like you say, like Anna Faris, she's a funny woman. And Chris Evans is like, no, that that guy is like Mr. Charisma. And and yet, I mean, I'd say out of everybody in this movie, like Chris Evans probably tries the hardest. He does. Uh, he, he really does. does. He, he plays the role of like neighbor douchebag really well. Yeah, he tries to Somebody who pays a lot of attention to the 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 grumpy counterpart in which their case is kind of switched it out. Because he's a bit of a sunshine. Yeah. Yeah, she's like I don't I I not unlikable. That's not that's not the appropriate term, but it's it's more like um She's not looking for company. It's not the word. Well, she's, probably, she's, like an, she's like another rom-com trope. She's the hot mess, you know? She not, doesn't have yeah. a life together. Not really, though. Because the one difference that I feel, sorry again for this crook, is that she's not messy in like a really cute pixie way, which is very often mm. done. She's messy. She is a proper hot mess, and I, I appreciate that. Yeah, she's a, a lot to criticize there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, but you know what? The, the movie does, it does make an effort, man. Like, it's like, why is this lady like this? Why can't she get this shit together? Um, and then, you know, they like add the whole, the whole business of like her mommy puts all this pressure on her because she's the oldest daughter. They have this perfect life or whatever. Incidentally played by Blythe Danner, mm. uh, who is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's mommy if I'm not mistaken. So I did not an, know that. That's another MCU uh, connection. I'm like 80, 85% certain. But someone, someone, someone... I'm, I'm Googling, I'm Google Googling. machine that. But in, 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 either, in, in, the, in other cases, like they got like a prominent Hollywood legend. They always seem to do that also. Like rom-coms right. always do that. You need to get some legit actor that was like famous in their 20s to place a senior character in your film, and she does it really well. Um, so they kind of like by you, the way. Is, yeah, plus, yeah, yeah like, at least. daddy. Um, <laughs> daddy. Okay. <laughs> she's, a, she's a single mom. Quinnett <laughs> <laughs> Paltrow's mommy. Her dad's also some famous guy. Like Bruce Paltrow, he was a director or something. Something like that. Um, in any case, so the movie, like, does make an effort to explain why she's the way that she is and whatever and like give good reasoning for it. But again, it's like it's like you guys were saying, it's like everything falls just a little bit short of the mark. Do, I like you know what you know what it reminded me of her character by saying like 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 Shumi's mentioned about her, that she's a proper mess. Um, but yet you don't quite I won't say buy it, but you don't quite get into it. And and this reminded me of Fleabag. Um, the show Fleabag with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mm. Yeah, you yeah. Watch that. There's oh, a lot of brilliant. parallels between the character. And there, you're like, this is brilliant stuff. She's, she's, you know, engaging and funny and everything. But she's got a similar character, which is self-destructive, and she sleeps around and she. Love like, so you know, But there's none of that here. Yeah, you don't, it's, you don't buy, don't in, you don't buy into a character. Yeah. The same way you don't go like, 
Yeah, I can relate to that kind of mess. Like, I, I get that on some level. I wonder if it's maybe because we didn't actually, other than sleeping with her past, we don't actually see her messing up much. We also, there's one thing that was weird to me is also, it was like right up until the end, you don't, not, well, not the end, but like two thirds of the way into the movie, they keep mentioning this, these creepy, sculpture that she makes but she never actually does them they just happen to be there until like once upon a time oh yeah there's a, there's a little brief <laughs> scene which is just tinkering away at the one thing as it comes out of nowhere it's like what are you talking about but, I they guess forgot that. Like it, was, it was thought about sort of halfway so it's based on a book by the way well yeah, you know, that, that <laughs> actually makes it worse right? <laughs> <laughs> it, that actually makes it worse because I am going to be I'm going to give the book the benefit of the doubt and say if they chose to make it into a movie, then the book was probably reasonably good for a bestseller, which, which says to me that they had the spine, the skeleton of a solid story. And if this is what they came up with, then I don't... Then the, the problem is the script then. Yeah. I mean, that... Okay. that and I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Look, but, but like having said that, I legit laughed out loud for a lot of stuff. But right? it was like there was plenty uh, to laugh the, at. The, the thing is, though, can you remember any of those moments? I remember <laughs> one in particular. I, I, I really did laugh at it. I enjoyed the, this uh, gag quite a lot. Was the bit where she <laughs> runs into, she uh, tracks down Martin Freeman, um, who is an Englishman, and in the film plays an Englishman. And oh, the movie does this thing also whenever she meets like the, the, the old boyfriends, it flashbacks to like how they knew each other or previous parts of the relationship. So when she met him, he spoke to her in an English accent and he like just misses England so much. And because she's attracted to him, she starts speaking to him in an English accent, pretending to be English. <laughs> and she just carried that on throughout the whole relationship. And so when she meets him again... <laughs> She still needs to be because he doesn't know that she's an American, so she does an English accent. I enjoyed that accent like drifted. Then 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 she starts forgetting. (laughs) She then she like switches from like a posh accent to like a a Yorkshire accent to a Geordie accent, like every variation an English accent. And Anna Faris is a funny woman, but she's not an impressionist, right? So she's so so the accents are like shitty accents. It's also, and at one point she slips completely like into Bulgarian or Eastern European or something. <laughs> and you can see like Martin Freeman's character is like, what is happening? He's like, done with her. Right. That was, I found that legit funny, but I, mm. I couldn't, I couldn't I really, funny. I couldn't really <laughs> tell you, oh, that was a fun gag. That was a good joke. Those were clever lines. I honestly can say that I, I sort of like my reaction to this was like, mid flat line throughout <laughs> I, I didn't really have much of a reaction to this movie I, even as somebody who nominated the movie I can't say that I I didn't I didn't enjoy it definitely not as much as I enjoyed it the first time um, I mean I didn't even enjoy it that much the first time but I did want to rewatch it just for nostalgia's sake because I didn't not enjoy it and I knew in my heart that it wasn't a terrible movie. Like, when I told you guys to watch Kissing Booth 3, I, <laughs> I did that <laughs> with bad intentions. You did that with hate <laughs> in your heart. Now the story comes out. 
But I mean, hashtag no regrets still up to this day. But with this, I didn't, I knew it wasn't terrible. I thought it would be a little bit better though. Um, I, I don't know. We, we, we uh, feel, <laughs> we feel that maybe you should, we should vet your nomination. <laughs> <laughs> you must write a three-page essay with every nomination. Okay, as hold on. <laughs> would you have preferred to watch Shadley's nomination last week? No. Uh, <laughs> no. No, you know what? This, I just take it back. Yeah. Um, what's your number? Is, is Citizen Kane next to Bloody <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu? I still haven't watched it yet. Good. I'm, Keep I'm, it that way. <laughs> I need to know, but I'm like, I, I also know I'm going to regret it. Yeah, I, remember when that, I, I remember when that movie was first announced, right? And I was like, uh, so for years I did Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I'm into Jiu-Jitsu. I, I know it. I know the moves. And I remember the movie was announced. Like, I looked at the cast. And I was like, oh, interesting. Hmm, Tony Ja, all these guys. Ah, oh, this could be wild then. And then the first trailer came out. And I was like, nobody in this entire trailer does any Jiu-Jitsu. Not once. Not even close to it. Like, no way. It's like, that was it. I was out there. There's nothing to do with Jiu-Jitsu. Nothing. Nothing. No one it's, understood. It's just it. the namesake. It's like, why would you pick? It's like, it's like you do a movie about about ballet and then you call it karate. Like, why? No, you know why what? are you doing the this? The name of the movie is the plot twist. Yeah. That's that no, was the, yeah. That's that's they the gotcha. That's the gotcha. Um, yeah. So yes, um, I'd, I'd rapidly watch watch your number over again multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> that that just I, I do want to comment. Okay, yeah, I do want to comment on the ending. Just as a story point, something that annoyed me was that she got the call. Obviously, this is 11 years later. This is not a spoiler. She got the call that one of the men that she thought she'd slept with, she hadn't slept with. So, in fact, um, Chris is her 20th guy, and therefore she doesn't break the, the rule of having more than 20 sexual partners. I actually wanted her to have more than 20 sexual parties just to prove the article was wrong. But I mean, yeah. she kind if of this was a better right, movie, which... if this was a better movie, I might care. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but I agree with Shamiz, is that the movie puts out all this sort of, um, it's, it's sort of highlighting all those double standards in, in when it comes to sexuality, but then it never actually has the balls to tackle them. They it just sort I of... Mean, I mean, look, the, putting putting the individual quality of this movie aside for a moment, right? It is a, a mid-2000s rom-com. I mean, it... No, we expect too much, yeah. It's, yeah you are, <laughs> like, it's great when you have a movie like this that really does try to address, like the situations that it puts its characters in. That always makes for a better movie, right? Like, I, I will always like, think of the, ex, like, my best friend's wedding, right? That is one of my favorite rom-coms because at the end of that movie, um, Julia Roberts, like, I'm not going to rehash that. I'm sure you know what my best friend's wedding is, right? Listener, I'm sure you know. If you don't know, you can look it up, right? But at the end of that movie, Julia Roberts' character doesn't get the guy rightfully so, because she is a shitty person and the movie makes a point of letting you know that everything that she was doing in that film is bad and you shouldn't do it. So, like, in terms of its social commentary and currency, like, it actually does dig into that and it's a better movie because of that, right? 
But that's unusual. I mean, that's not really the point of these kinds of films. The point of these kinds of films is, is to get two characters together for reasons, like, and then find something for them to fight over, to be split apart, give them a moment to think about why they split apart and that it was a mistake, and then they get back together. That's the whole movie. And you just shuffle the details around how that happens. And it's a very good formula because there are countless rom-coms that are just like really, really fun, good movies, and um, and they work, and they work on that basic formula, and it's a good time. And like The Wedding Singer, excellent movie. Uh, the aforementioned I mean, uh, pretty, well, pretty Woman. Yeah, Pretty Woman. That's pretty a rom-com. Yes. yes. Um, mm-hmm. They all have that same basic formula, and it bloody well works. Movies make lots and lots it of money. Has, They're cheap and, to and work. It, and you kind of you kind of have to stick to the formula because that is what romance viewers expect. If you drift away, most romance viewers won't enjoy it, and you're not really trying to attract a new audience. The romance being the romance audience is huge, so mm. you give them well, what they want. In a weird way, it's like I was actually thinking about it now, right? Like, um, they don't make this kind of movie anymore, which is a shame, right? Because I still think there's a lot of value in that formula. I mean, we've mentioned it before on the show when we talk about rom-coms, how like um, this Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson movie that's coming out now, Marry Me, uh, which I think comes out next week, Friday, um, maybe. Um, Like, there hasn't been a movie like that with two, like, uh, um, A-level stars um, like in maybe five, six years it actually came out in the cinema. I can't like I, I cannot think of a single rom-com style movie that has come out in the last year. In fact what's your number might be the last <laughs> movie of the like I would have to well, research no, it. There was, there was a couple of there's been a couple of British ones. What is the one with um, there's those... a British one Timothy Spates and and um, what's in, what's the guy what's the lady's name Rose Byrne? It was actually quite funny. I actually did enjoy. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the movie. Now it's going to get to me just now. But there's been a couple, but mostly British ones, hmm. I would say. Which I'm not trying to, to defend. Not yeah. trying to defend my choice in choosing the kissing booth because you know I've got no shame in having made you watch that. But that is actually why I ended up stumbling upon the movie as well. It's because. The people that want to watch rom-coms, we are, we are starved. There is nothing. But mm. even if, you, if you, you're talking about cinema releases, but even on Netflix, even on other streaming platforms, there are no rom-coms. They're not really doing them anymore. And no, I don't understand not. why. And when they do I, them, they're really bad. I think, I think it's, like, it's just been so formulaic, and that's what I noticed about this. If you put this movie against... Any like mid two thousands rom com like this template, like this movie could be anything. You could just shuffle like the cast and the ploy, and it, and it can be anything. Like that's, yeah, but, that's the problem. But this is this is what I'm saying. Is like the fact that it's form. Like I just said it earlier. Like the fact that it's formulaic. I don't consider that. I don't consider that a a, a, a bad point. It's like. These movies run on the chemistry and the charm of the of the leads, right? More than anything, that's the most important thing. Um, and the plot, 
is obviously like important to it needs to be a little bit engaging obviously it's like oh what is this interesting ploy that has <laughs> drawn these weird characters together but ultimately it's the chemistry between these two characters between these two actors right um, and that you can get in spades you just get two you just get two good actors together and it will work but that um, but that's why I said that they I mean, Meg Ryan did it twice with the same guy (laughs) and it worked. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They just wasted the talent and and, and skill. Everybody in this movie, we've seen them do these types of things better everywhere else. It's really, we've seen them do it better. So it's not like they can't do it. They just were not given the material and direction to do it at that level. Yeah, they needed Nora Ephron. Yes, you need a better director. <laughs> and the movie I was thinking about is I give it to you. And I don't know why I said Timothy Spates because he's a bloody screenwriter. It's a Rafe Spall. Um, I, I don't know that movie either. It's actually that. bloody hilarious and it's 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 a bit raucous and it's very R rated. It's very R rated. But that's um, that seems to be like a signature of Rosebud. No? Yeah, so like she's, she started her career like as like super serious in um uh, in the TV series with Glenn Close. Uh what was it called? It was a crime, a crime, yeah. a crime legal drama series with Ted Danson. The Closer, was, isn't it? Or? No, not the. I don't think it was called no. The Closer. No. But it was Glenn Close, Ted Danson, Roseburn. That was like the, oh. the thing that made her famous. Um, and then it was like very serious. And then suddenly she was in Bridesmaids with uh, mm. <laughs> with Kristen Wiig and whatever. And then people were like, "Is this the is this the lawyer girl from no. whatever?" Because no one expected her to be funny. And she just kind of like has this knack for these outrageous, almost scoff, lowbrow. Now, watch stuff. that one, because that, that one was written and directed by Dan Mazer, who's the co-creator of Borat and Bruno, <laughs> doing a rom-com. And it's, it's, it's actually, it's, look, the, the, the romantic part of it doesn't succeed as well, but the comedy part of it works really well. And I just, I just wicked it and by pure chance, Anna Faris is the co-star in this thing. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so she's done it better in there. Yes. Well, what's the, what did you say? That I, give it it a year. I give it to you. I give it to you. It also doesn't ring any bells. Do you know if it's, it's on Netflix or Showmax or something? I'll, I'll let you know momentarily. Um, yeah, so anyway, like, yeah, rom-coms. I love them. I wish there was more of them. I'm happy to watch them. Like in my top 10 movies of all time, um, okay, this is actually a weird way of because I've said before that like my favorite rom-com is my best friend's wedding, but uh, four weddings and a funeral is in my is I consider that a better movie, even though it's also a rom-com. So like in my top ten favorite movies of all time, four weddings and a funeral is like in there, but my best friend's wedding isn't. You you get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, sometimes a better right? movie is not your favorite movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean, yeah. right? So, yeah. So, uh, I like Notting Hill. I like... Um, love Notting Hill. I'm a... Uh, oh, that, that trilogy of films, I yes. love them. Love, yes. actually. Although, yes. Love, actually, is... is I don't know that I... Like, I like Hugh Grant. I think he's incredibly charming and he's made a fantastic career for himself playing the same character <laughs> since he was in Nine yes. Months um, with Julianne Moore. Um even though he's a much better actor than than that material um, allows him to be, but but yes, I guess I do love <laughs> you, Grant. For me, it's uh, you want to make me you want to you want to get me intrigued in a in a rom com, then then have Richard Curtis be involved. Yeah, because pretty much. Yeah, British rom coms, man. That's that's where it's at. Um, yeah, so 
IGN did not review this movie, so I can't <laughs> I can't tell you what anybody said. But I did look it up on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, where it has a 23% rotten rating, based on 116 reviews. Um, so yeah, the critical consensus is the comic timing of Anna Faris is sharp as always, but it's wasted away in this predictable boilerplate comedy. Um, yeah. I can't argue. Um, it's actually true, you know, like we watched the movie about two weeks ago and I'm like reasonably certain that in two weeks' time I will forget that I've seen this movie. Like if you ask me about this film six months from now, I say, hey, did you watch that movie? What's your number? I'll be like, what movie is that? Um, and then only yeah, you like you have to think about it. I'd have to give it, it some you, like thought. a moment to like. But like, then if you remind me, oh, but didn't you like watch it for the for iTunes watch it? I'll be oh that movie. Oh yeah, now I, re- I remember. Do you know? Do you know how I struggle to remember the name of this movie? <laughs> like, no matter how many times, if the wife would ask me what movie are you watching, um, <laughs> I just this movie just wouldn't stick. No matter what I tried, wouldn't have forgotten the name of Chuchetsu now, would you? No, <laughs> no, but you see, yes, but no. this, but this. Trauma stays yeah, with I was going to say, that's time. trauma. That's trauma. Even if you don't consciously remember it, it stays with you in your subconscious in some capacity or another. But okay, look, that's, I think that's, as all there is to be said about what's your number, we, we liked it while we were watching it. No, we kind didn't. of. <laughs> 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 Damn it. <laughs> so like, what's next? Like so I, I, my, yeah. um, my uh, nomination for next week is a movie that has also been on my watch list for a really long time. Is uh, Nummer 37. Nummer 37. Which is a local film. 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 Starting. You can go watch it in the bioscope. Yeah, you're going to watch the bioscope. Starting Irshad Dolly, who you might know from. Um, not Seven Delan. What is it? <laughs> One of the low said Worcester, said Worcester, um, and it's basically like um, it's basically a take on uh, Rear Window, on like Hitchcock's mm. Rear Window. So he plays a guy uh, in like a, in one of the like I forget what area is in, but it's like a Lavender Hill, um, a a, a, a kind of area. Right, so a poor colored area, and he's like in the flats, and he hurts himself, so they can't go up and down the stairs, and he witnesses a crime, and then decides to blackmail the oaks that he sees, and then the cuck spots. Hijinks ensues. <laughs> it's a comedy. It's a romantic comedy. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's actually. It, it, it looks like an intense, serious drama, actually. And um, I actually feel bad that I haven't watched it already. Um, because it looks really sharp and well made, um, so that that's my nomination for next week. And like, and if you are a patriotic South African, then that is a movie that you should vote for. Or if it's a coloured person, if you're brown, <laughs> right? If you roll your then you're from Mamasbury. <laughs> <laughs> then you need to vote for that movie. And whatever they nominating will obviously be inferior because local is liquor. Okay. 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 You see, they, they don't have any nominations, so that's what we're watching. This <laughs> so, what do what you guys have in your in your uh, in your list? Chinese. 
Why? What does that put it with? We've been cordial. We've been cordial. What is the deal? Like it's like the two. We try to be nice. We have we are we are nice. Okay. Whenever whenever this is what you what movie? I just want to speak first all the no, time. No, <laughs> I just I'm just trying not to waste time. So like, what movie <laughs> is clapping here? What movie do you want to see? Then it's always like like you're gonna one up each other. It's a fucking movie, my bro. <laughs> okay, I'll go. Okay, okay, okay. Shamiz is uh, going. Uh, it's not local and it's not serious, but it is another rom-com. Although COVID, it's a British rom-com. So it's on Netflix, and it's Love Rosie. Not sure if any of you have seen it. It's also based on a book. Oh. And this one, I can say, with the chef, is one of the best rom-coms that I've seen in many, many years. And I will rewatch it every year for the rest of my life. I actually saw that get... Um, one of my kids keeps telling me I should watch it. Uh, but it What's wasn't it available. Day? Like, it recently, recently came it's out in Netflix. Otherwise, I would have made you guys watch it last year. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Love, Rosie, who's in there? Um, Lily Collins, but don't think of Emily in Paris. She's completely ruined her image with Emily in Paris. Just <laughs> block that from your brain when you watch this movie because she's precious and wonderful. And Sam Claflin, what a dumb boy. Oh, just on Lily Collins quickly, right? So I only recently discovered that Lily Collins is Phil Collins' daughter. <sighs> Did you guys know that? Yes. A long time ago. <laughs> oh. Just resign okay. IGN right now. <laughs> Why would I know that Lily Collins is Phil Collins? Is, they don't even look. Have you seen Phil Collins? <laughs> Does she look like him? Answer oh, oh, the seen, question. <laughs> have you seen Love Tyler? Does she look like Steve Tyler? <laughs> she she kind of dies. No. <laughs> what? No. Steve Tyler looks like Liv Tyler's grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so anyway, let, let, for those of you that didn't know, Lily Collins is Paul <laughs> Collins' daughter. Listen, did you, did you hear how Hardy went in, in the Tarzan soundtrack? That should have been an indicator. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> it should be. I don't know. Let's move on. Kevin, <laughs> what is your movie? Let's just keep so shouting. I was, was going to nominate something else, but now I'm just going to throw down the rom-com gauntlet here and actually nominate. I give it to you. Um, I'll actually throw that right out there, the movie I just spoke about earlier. So it's kind of like a, I mentioned, like I said, it's Rose Byrne and Race Paul and it's written directed by Dan Mason. and it's R-rated. It's it's very, very raucous and adult. And it's sort of like a, like they posted like a sort of reverse rom-com because it actually starts with the mismatched couple we have had a whirlwind romance and they've fallen in love and they got married. And it, that's generally where the rom-coms end. This is where it starts. And it's like, everyone else says, okay, they had this whirlwind romance, but it's never going to last for a year. And it's basically just following them for the next year and to see if this thing actually plays out. Um, so, yeah. And it's on Netflix and Showmax. Said, you are talking like a bad, like a bad kung fu movie. Tamaf, I've muted <laughs> myself. Shadley, okay, I'm you also got a rom-com. I've, I'm, I'm still in a romantic zone, so I'm just going to vote for The Holiday with Jack Black and Kate Winslet. I remember I've seen that. It's my yeah. favorite week so far. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually uh, was struggling. There was four choices. There was one that I was saving for another time. But so like, then now... 
Should I change my nomination? No, no. To a, a rom com? No. no. <laughs> nah, should be I? Yourself. Be true to yourself. Paint, no, I'm paint speak- those ugly little sculptures, <laughs> but know that they're your ugly little sculptures. <laughs> but also, no, only paint them at one time. Because, no, you see, the thing is, right? Like, I really want to discuss this film with you because it's like local and whatever, right? But I can't see it winning against like battling out against three romantic comedies <laughs> in Valentine's week. And in like, and okay, fair enough, like Valentine's Day is come and gone, but still people are like, no, I'm, you know, I'm going to just stick to it. If push comes to shove, I will nominate it again in a couple of weeks time. If, if it doesn't achieve the Yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing against that. But, but I really, Jiu-Jitsu I really. did. Jiu-Jitsu still coming back. <laughs> I really, really. Jiu-Jitsu too, electric boogaloo. <laughs> you know what we'll do actually, right? I have an idea what we'll do actually, like uh, maybe in um, August or something, or like later on in the year, we'll each pick a movie that we had nominated in the past that didn't get selected um, and we can like give it like another chance, right? Because uh, ideally I like it. I can't like <laughs> the look on Shadley's face. I, I, I was going to go for Jujutsu too. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to stick with Noma, with Noma Tadisa, but I really hope the holiday doesn't win. I actually started Why? watching it. I actually Love started, the holiday. Uh, I started watching it after, sometime after I watched uh, What's Your Number? Uh, just like for a palate cleansing, everybody said like the holiday is a great rom-com or whatever. And I stopped watching it at the scene where, is it Cameron, not, Ca- not Cameron, is it Cameron Diaz? Cameron Diaz. Yeah, yeah Cameron yeah. Diaz. And I don't know who the, the male lead is. I Jude Law. See. No, no, it's not Jude Law. Jack Black. Jack Black. No, no, no. I mean, the uh, guy that she's talking to, he's like, he's a, he's, um, he's a director as well, man. What is that dude's name? I'm just going to wicket Edward Burns. Edward Burns, yeah. So there's the scene where the, where, where the two of them are fighting and she kicks him out of the house. And I was watching this and I was like, I've never seen Cameron Diaz be more wooden in my life. And I <laughs> just don't care about anything that's happening. I was like, I struggle through that. I think that's like at the 20, 25 minute mark or something. Yes. And the only good part was like when Kate Winslet was on screen because Kate Winslet <laughs> is always good. And then, it's like, when she's not there, I feel like I'm watching another movie and I just, I couldn't care anymore. So, I'll be honest, I can't remember if I, if how much I, if I enjoyed this movie or not. I've seen it many, many, many years ago. I, I can't It's remember. not, it's, it's another one of those movies where I say I enjoyed it, but it wasn't particularly it's good. It's not like, it's, it's a comfort It's, it's a comfort movie. But that's the funny movie. thing. It's Christmassy or at least holiday themed. It's whimsical. But this is this is the thing because I keep hearing about like the holiday is like one of like one of the top ten best rom coms and whatever. And I'm like Who are you speaking to? No, just like <laughs> like just Twitter discourse, right? It's not like I've seen anybody write an actual list that featured it or whatever, but you'll see it come up. It's the same like also like there was a, a moment there when everybody was like feeling super nostalgic for practical magic with uh, Sandra, Bullock. Sandra Bullock and and Nicole Kidman. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember watching that movie. was good. And then I watched it. It's like, wow, this movie's bollocks. It's like really cuck and nothing's <laughs> happening. Um, so, like, the holiday seemed to give me the same vibe. It's like people seemed to, like, when it came out, everybody was like, oh, this is, like, so great and whatever. And now you watch it now. And it's like, that's not all that. I will, I will also say that I never considered the holiday to be a rom-com. 
it's got a romantic subplot or subplots. But it's for me, it's not a holiday film. It's a family. Yeah, look, I- Fam- Basically, should we just saying, Shadley, you made a cut choice. No, I, I, I think I your think choice is wrong, Shadley. You, do you want me to rescind that nomination? Because then I'll put the no, it's too late. It's too late. It's locked in. I'll put the all girl up. Yeah, it's locked in. Locked in. Locked in. It's got romance. Well, I'm just saying, if you're comparing rom coms, the holidays not not. You shouldn't measure it up to the rom com formula that you're thinking about. Okay, so that was. Nomer, nomer Sieven Dertag. For me, uh, Kevin chose, I'll give it a year, uh, with Rose Byrne and who did you say? Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall. I think he's the kind, I'll probably recognize his face, but I don't recognize the name. Yeah, you will recognize his face. And then uh, The Holiday, which is a, actually a, a big ensemble cast of Jack Black, Edward Burns, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, um, and more. Jude Law. Jude Law. Um, and then Shamiz Patapapathanasio picked Love Rosie starring Lily James. No, sorry. Lily Collins. Lily James. Lily Collins. Lily James. Uh, and, and Sam uh, Claflin. Sam Claflin, yeah. Can someone explain to me why they picked Lily James to be in that Pamela Anderson movie? Why not? The series. Isn't it the series? It's a series. It's a series, yes. Because, I, look, I've, I've seen nothing of this thing. That's Sebastian Stan, Lily James. Uh, I forget the name of the, the actual... Pam pro- and Tommy. Pam and Tommy, right? But not to be crude or whatever, but like Pamela Anderson is best known for having gigantic boobs. That's, that's well, what she's known for. Um, and I don't make it a habit to comment on women's, women's bodies in a public forum, but Lily James, not Pamela Anderson. But then on the flip side of this, you'd have to say, why did they cast Cullen Farrell as the penguin? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. called prosthetic, Zaid. It's been around have for freaking this generation. She looks like in the show. Like, <laughs> she looks, she I, looks I, I've seen like nothing. The, both her and, and Sebastian but, Stan. Go, go and look. It's insane. Like the, the, only, the only thing I've look. seen is like interviews that she's done like on late night shows where she's like, talk. like I know that the thing exists, but I haven't seen a trailer I haven't seen just, whatever. Just, and I was just no, like, just just like really looks, she, really, she really looks the part. And, and Sebastian Stan both transformed themselves. Yeah, really. it's, it's nuts. It's crazy. That she's, she's wearing like a prosthetic forehead. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even joking about this. Yeah. They, really, they really did. Because Pamela Anderson's hairline is much higher than hers. So they, they had to give her a prosthetic forehead. And it's like they did a lot of stuff to make it really work. And also, there's a scene in the this, in this, in this show um, that is based on a real event where... Um, Tommy Lee Jones, not Tommy Lee Jones. Just Tommy. Just <laughs> Tommy just Lee. Tommy. <laughs> yeah, where he had a whole long drug-induced discussion with his penis um, about things. And they actually they actually do it in the show. They have a prosthetic penis and he's talking to it for like a whole scene. <laughs> he was, that is, that is and wild. Yeah, that'll I mean, that, show that for a lot of people. Either, that is either the best show ever made or the worst show but ever yeah, made. But yeah, I've seen a few people be put off hype because like Pamela Anderson has pretty much outright said she wants nothing to do with the show. Um, and I've seen, I actually saw today someone actually spoke about it and said, watching the show, the show is very good, but knowing that, that Pamela Anderson was like so taken aback by it and it's like when the whole sex tape thing happened, um, it felt kind of like an invasion of privacy of them, you know. And now it feels like we're just doing it all over again, and they're not even approving of it. They're not even involved with it. They have nothing to do with it, and we're just doing it all over again. 
So mm. a lot of people are kind I, of I can understand that. I can yeah. understand that kind of does leave a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. Because like, look, that was a um, that was also like one of those things we were discussing last week, like with about I not last week, two weeks ago when we were talking about I Tonya, it's like one of those media circus things that yeah. happened when when um, these tapes were stolen out of their home and then someone actually sold it um, and like made lots of money on it and whatever. Um, so that was like a bad period in their life. And so like if that story is not coming from them, because it's their yeah. personal trauma, it does, as good as Sebastian Stan and Lily James might be in the show, it, there is like a sense of discomfort mm. that comes that comes with that. So I'm not sure that like... Um, Especially if they're that, still alive. I mean, oftentimes exactly. things are made after the people that they're portraying have passed or... So yeah, they're very they're much alive. alive. Like, yeah. Pamela Anderson so is not like... Love what, what, whatever image the show puts out there of them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just on, just on the sex tape thing I saw today, was it last, today, yesterday, I saw the best advice ever if you're going to make a sex tape, which is um, put the soundtrack in there of Disney songs so oh that if it ever gets leaked online, oh, yeah. Disney lawyers, are, it, they have to take they, it down for you. They will take it down, off, <laughs> will, like... it down <laughs> offline for you. <laughs> so, it's the best advice ever. <laughs> Oh my yeah, God! That's why I think you could save yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, maybe maybe well, this podcast maybe this advice. podcast was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I might have just saved someone now. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're gonna hear stuff like a whole new world, <laughs> like, <no. laughs> circle of life. You know, the, the 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 thing of it is, right? You like say that, right? And like we're laughing about it and whatever, but I'm like 99% certain that that would actually work. Yeah. That 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 would that would really protect you. No, it would. Like because uh, doesn't the lawyers take no jokes, man? The house of mouse don't fuck around. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weirdest. It's like to have a TV with a blind thing. <laughs> oh my god. We need to move. We need another subject quickly. I was gonna say the Doctor Strange thing. Most importantly, that voice in that in that trailer. Yes. Oh, just guys, just obviously, like Luke, you know, like at, at the IGN watch this, we don't, we do not respect spoilers. We like Trump. We just, we just blurt it out there. So if you haven't watched the trailer for Doctor Strange yet, um. We, it, the trailer is pretty good about not spoiling stuff, but I mean, the, you can speculate. It's it's Marvel, so if you don't want to hear about that, you know, spoilers coming. Um, but yeah, go ahead, Chadley. Wait, um, Shabiz, have you seen the trailer? Oh no, shame. she hasn't seen the trailer. I haven't. But seen basically, it, but you can go ahead because I mean, with the trailer, I I don't actually watch trailers that often. Most of the time, I like to be fully surprised because sometimes they give away too much. And sometimes it just leads me to coming up with too many theories, and then when I watch the film, if it doesn't oh. match my theories, I'm a bit disappointed. So, so you this can is, go ahead. This is, I think this is a bit of both because that mm. voice in that trailer is a hundred percent. That's Patrick Stewart. Like, there's no way that's not Patrick Stewart. So, so to, to paint the scene in in the trailer, um, there's essentially a well, as we know, there's, there's a voice. Which is Chiwetel uh, um, Four playing Baron Mordo in the movie? Yeah, he basically tells Stephen Strange that you know what you've done, you know, you need to be is punished for And it's based on what you know, Spider-Man No Way Home and opening up the multiverse. And you see Doctor Strange being being escorted by some Ultron-looking robots. <laughs> yeah. 
in front of a group of people. A council. A, a council. You don't see them. You can't see their faces. You don't see where they are. They're in the distance. They're in the shadows. But you hear a voice. And that voice is 100% Patrick Stewart. And he says, do you think we should tell him the truth? Um, and it's like, everyone's like, hold on. Professor Xavier, what, what, <laughs> what's happening no here? Because if you know, if you know your comic book history, you know that one of the primary major groups in the Marvel universe that was playing a big role is the Illuminati, who's the secret society of guys from different aspects of the Marvel, Marvel comic book universe. Mm. It's Tony Stark, it's Reed Richards, um, uh, it's, uh, it's... King Namor. There's, I think, Black Panther's on it as well, and then Doctor Strange Doctor and Strange. Professor X. Professor X. Um, so it's really interesting. No, the, like, you know I what? was like, what does this mean? Because there's been nothing else. What would be really cuck? Like, you know, you guys obviously, we won't relitigate my feelings on the multiverse, but what would be really cuck is if Patrick Stewart is in the film, but he's playing a completely different character. So people I, will lose. People will be so angry, my bro. I, I, I think because remember they did this to us in One Division. They did this where 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 even Peter Scammon, he wasn't he wasn't playing you know Quicksilver. Um, so I think he's going to be Professor X, but he might not be the Professor X from from the Fox movies. Um, no, no, I get like look, a variant. Uh, that, yes. Yeah, like people. I'm sure that that's um, entirely possible and whatever. And like, I'm, uh, but I'm just saying. Imagine he's in there. Oh yeah, people. And he's, people and he's, burn and he's down playing, cinemas, and he's playing John, John Oscar Dallarentio yeah. or something. Yeah, people will burn down cinemas, dude. Because this is that was. I mean, they they know they. The they did Marvel, this on purpose. Yeah, the thing with Marvel is they are extremely strategic when it comes to their trailers. And I'm, by that, I'm excluding the Spider-Man movies because Sony handles the marketing there. And Sony's marketing strategy is just show it all. Give them everything. <laughs> like, you know, keep nothing back for the cinemas. Whereas Marvel is extremely strategic in their marketing to the point where they will fake marketing to get people talking and to basically... Basically, divert from people's um, yeah, I mean, uh, intentions. Another, another yeah. possibility in They've done it is multiple Patrick times. Stewart isn't in, like they got a sound alike to just yeah. say something. And there's like a, a vague, because uh, it's like, it is like, uh, if I remember correctly, it's like a behind the head shot. So yes, you, you, can't, even like see, the, you can't even see the head. It's a complete, it's, complete It's out silhouette. of focus, everything. It's like out of focus shot. Uh, so it might not, it like, could be anybody for all so, we know. Oh, so no. the, the, if it is a dead heading, it just means that something big and bad is coming. So no, not you, you say that, but not necessarily. <laughs> like the ultimate, I, the, the worst example, uh, a most egregious example of them doing something like this was 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 um, uh, the trailers for Infinity War. And there you see the Hulk running around all over yep. the trailer of Infinity War, wrecking shit in Wakanda. And when the movie came out, you don't see Hulk once, yep. right? After, it's like not at all. It's not even mentioned. It's not the red heading for something else. They don't yes. substitute something. They don't oh, make something seem like something else. Like, no, it was just, they just fucking lied. It was a bigger <laughs> example of that, actually. It was in Spider-Man um, Far From Home. We're in the trailer... They, even, they, actually, they actually made a point of playing a special clip they released where Spider-Man meets Mysterio for the first time. And then Mysterio straight up says, I am from this other Earth, and he's doing all the stuff, and he's on this, and he talks about all the stuff about the multiverse. That scene, they have like maybe two lines of it in the actual movie, but they released yeah. this whole clip where he describes the multiverse, and he says, you're from Earth 616, and 
And everyone was like, oh my God. And then, no, no, not really. It was just my, just, to, just to hype people up and to get people misdirected. Yeah, got, a, was, got a flow stem. Because I think like in No Way Home, um, uh, Fury like mentions he's a, he's a warrior from another universe. And he also, but it's, it's, it's not something that the film dwells on no. at all. Now, in this clip, they throw a long spiel. and uh, So I think, yes, there can be some misdirection that we've known Marvel have done this before. And they're doing it not just in the trailer. So the poster got released in the same time. And there's stuff in that poster if you pay careful attention to it. So there's the poster is basically, it's a pretty cool poster, actually. It's basically Doctor Strange just like shattering stuff in this glass, breaking and everything. And you see these small little reflections in the glass. And people have picked up things in this, these reflections. There looks to be what looks to be Deadpool in the one reflection. Yes, that's right. Um, there's one that's very clear, though, which is Captain Carter's shield from What If, the What mm. If animated show, that you can clearly see that. There's even stuff people are speculating. Um, looks like Cyclops. Other people say it looks like Strife from the X-Men, X-Men villain. There's all sorts of weird little things. You see a different version of Doctor Strange. Um, now, you, you see this. All is, these things. This is, again, why, this is... One of the another one of the reasons why I don't like this this embrace of the multiverse. It's let because, go, it. <laughs> no, like I won't, I won't let it go. <laughs> it's a bad idea, and they shouldn't do it. And I'm telling you They've now, done it. I'm telling I you now. Like, look, they still have time to roll it back. No, no. But I'm they telling you now, go they are go going super to, <laughs> They are going to screw themselves over going forward. Because look, this MCU thing, there's there's a finite life to it. Right? It needs to be carefully curated and wanted to, to keep it going. Uh, but but because at some point people are gonna be like, you know what, I actually don't want to watch, I don't want to watch superior stuff anymore. Um, it's going to happen. Like that's in ten or twenty years' time or whatever. But at the very least, I would like this thing to end on its own terms. Do you know what I mean? Right? I I don't want the MCU as a as a project to to uh, they mustn't prison break us. They mustn't prison yes, break yes, us. Yes, that's per- <laughs> exactly, Kevin. That's perfect. <laughs> Where you get to this point where it's like just so much content and people are just tired of it and they lose interest. Then they start doing weird out of dinner shit and it's like and it never ends in a clean way. Like in similarly, like the Star Wars came out, the original trilogy came out. In 1999, the prequel trilogy came out, and that was a complete story and whatever. And when the new trilogy came, they were in such a rush to put something out, they didn't really think about it. And like, whatever your opinions are on The Last Jedi or not, or whatever, that's actually irrelevant. But everybody will agree that that last movie was just a bad movie, right? And it put a sour taste in the mouth of how that Star Wars thing, just in terms of the the, the cinema releases now. the way that story is capped off, it's just not liquor, right? And as much as we, you will love the the original trilogy and all of that stuff, and like kids that grew up in the in the nineties will like love the prequel trilogy. I also have a fiction for it, even if there's things that I don't like, right? But that closing, like the the closing of the Skywalker saga, is always tainted because they never really thought it through because they just started doing shit because they needed to put a movie out, and. The 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 poison, the toxin 
of, of a multiverse is the thing that's going to be the undoing for the MCU. See, I don't agree with that. Because oh, oh, I'm because telling you, my friend. I don't friend. agree because of one reason. Because mm, the thing that Marvel have shown us multiple times now already, and it's 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 been the key to their success, which is they are playing on a very, very, very big time scale. They they really are plotting things out intricately and far in advance. And they just they have got things that they move around and they've got moving parts and they can adjust on the fly. But Kevin Feige has made a point of us and told us that they are always about five years ahead of the movies that are releasing. That's how far ahead they've plotted things. Um, and 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 when um, which movie was it? I think it may have been with a Spider-Man. I'm not sure which one it was. Where or oh, actually no, it was Loki. When Loki came out, there was an interview with him, where they said they had had massive sit-downs with all the writers the entire, where they worked out things like rules of the multiverse, what can and can't happen. They they plotted out various things. They've not. This is not something they just pulled out of their buttholes here. They they've really thought this through quite in depth, and. For me, a sto- we've we've seen multiverse stories in comic book formats for years, for years. And they're all bad. No, they're not. They're terrible. I refuse to accept that's, that. That's Secret Wars is an incredible the, story. How the frick can you do seven crises? See, like you, you can't keep restarting the and the like the, the most recent one. The most recent one uh, with uh, what's it? Uh, Black, not black metal. What? You're talking about black metal, yes. There was the yeah, black, black metal. metal right? death the metal. way black metal ends, it's like, oh, yeah, like everything that happened is. None of that shit makes sense if they all happen. <laughs> so, death metal to me is a. Is death a, is metal. A, death metal, metal to me is a, is, a, is a story that the concept is great and execution is shoddy as hell. But I can't hold that account. Well, Crisis on Infinite Earth is fantastic. Um, Infinite Crisis was actually legit good, except for the stupid Superman punching the reality wall thing. <laughs> <laughs> Secret Wars is fantastic. Like these are the yeah you they you, you part of Secret Wars. Yeah, the are incredible examples of multiverse stories. No, I'm not saying that the Battle story like, in and of itself is bad. I'm saying yeah, that you the concept you, of multiverse. I just the, the very concept of a multiverse just makes my makes my. My skin itch. I'm so glad you're not in charge of Marvel and DC Comics. So I, I understand I understand what you're saying, that the multiverse is very messy, but I definitely don't think it will be the downfall of Marvel to a point where they don't end on their own terms, like you say. Because... Uh, no. Okay, okay. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, right? You and I are... Like, we are... Like, when I say you and I, I'm mean, talking about the four of us, Right? We're all huge nerds to one degree or another. We have been watching Star Wars and Thundercats and reading comics and watching cartoon shows and stuff for years and years and years and whatever, right? We've read all the Infinite Crisis. Like, we understand this conceptually, right? The sick, like, but you must remember that the success of the MCU might be spearheaded by the nerds but it rests on the ability of the average viewer to understand what is going on. And at a certain point in time, when you start, uh, you start with too many variants, you start with bringing in characters from other continuities, you start doing all of that stuff, you are going to get to a point where the average consumer does not understand what is going on. History, History proves you wrong. 
but oh, but you still like it wrong. Oh, this has never happened before. It has. It, is. it has. Right. We've had small vault, so, Superman returns. We've had the C, the CW universe with multiple versions of the same characters floating around on screen, big screen, small screen. You're talking about look the C like okay, Lukiana Canala, don't bring the CW into this, <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. the, the C- 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 what, C- I say, what I want to say is that the thing that Marvel does is they have an origin story thrown in every now and then, and that does draw a new audience. I know people that watch Shang-Chi without having really been into the previous phase, and they're going to want to follow his story. And if eventually there's a big multiverse war, it might be the thing that encourages them to pick up the other movies, as people did for the first one. They may have fallen in love with just Thor, and they're like, okay, Thor's going to be in Endgame. I guess I need to catch up on everything. You, you, and you're, that's how you, you connect everything. That's why they connect that, everything. That's why they're doing it. In the and, way they're doing it. And and you must remember as well is that when Avengers happened, the first Avengers came together and then we're rebuilding the whole thing towards Avengers Endgame. And if, when Avengers Endgame is done and you know Tony's gone and and you know um, Captain America's gone and well um, Scarlet Witches, some um, Scarlet Willow, Scarlet Willow, listen to me nonsense. since I'm talking here, yeah, the Black Widow is gone. I just combined <laughs> Scarlet Widow with it. <laughs> Yeah, there, that's the problem. You're going to get people <laughs> scarred well over so, another universe. When that happened, people were like, why don't they just end it here? They've got no more characters. And it's like, seriously, there's, there's hundreds of more interesting characters to come down the line. And everyone's like, this is never going to work. These are like third-rate characters. And then Shang-Chi comes along and it's like, this is, this is not third-rate. And we, we got a lot of this coming up. There's, but that there's, is a like different, another random example different, is... No, but my... Charlie okay, Cox's no, Daredevil. Like, that was completely separate. It was never even supposed to be part of this universe, in a sense. It, it was done so well that people fell in love with his version of Daredevil and would like to follow no, his like, story. That's, too. I'm sorry, that's also a bad example. I think that's a bad <laughs> no, example. The, Net, the Netflix shows, you can't come here and say to me that the Netflix shows were supposed to be a completely separate thing. It were not, right? They had issues where they were like, are, are we, aren't we? But they reference what's happening in the main universe, in, in the, the, the the cinematic stuff, uh, even if they don't outright say, oh, Hulk did yeah, this. The green guy. They, they talk about <laughs> it, they reference it, right? I know, but you could watch so, it without any background and still enjoy Yes, you the could, show. but that, is, that yeah. is not my issue. My issue is, is when you have six Doctor Strangers and you've got five Spider-Mans and 11 Miles Morales's and then you've got time travel. Why, on why top do of you that. think they would do that? But that's just what I'm saying. Why? If, what what logical process would we get to where they're like, guys, we've just done a Spider-Man we movie, just cost watched, another Spider-Man movie. We just movie with, watched a movie with three Spider-Man. Yes, because it's three Spider-Man that from that's what people wanted. We just watched a movie with three Spider-Mans. <laughs> but we all we know those three Spider-Mans. We watched a movie with at least yes. two Doctor at least three Doctor Strangers. Also. <laughs> but none of them will be central. One and guy is a central guy. <laughs> One is a central This is what I'm saying to you, actor. right? If they, start, if they start focusing so heavily on a multiverse where they use that as a crutch to bring in characters that have... Like, look, in real life, um, Robert Downey Jr. is not getting younger, right? He's, he just isn't. He is not going to be able to play Tony Stark at this age, in 20 years' time. 
he'll be 20 years older. Do you understand what I mean? Right? And you could use, because Loki has already established that the variants don't necessarily all look like each other. They may, but they don't necessarily have to. Spider-Man has done the same things. Like, not every variant of, of, of uh, Peter Parker looks like Tom Holland. They can, you can get it. It's a, it's a way to bring a different actor in and stuff. So now it's like in 20 years, it's like, oh, we want Iron Man back. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is too old. Now we're going to recast the, the role, but it's not actually like a, a recasting. He's actually playing the same character, but from it, no. Why? Just, no, Why it's are a bad you picking idea. on because the really worst example and making because that as if that's going to be fact? I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be fact. I'm saying that's my worst fear. That is, that is what I am afraid is going to happen. They need to keep such a, look, I'm more than happy that in five years from now, if there's a multiverse and they've got this story after Makai, and it's great, I will love those movies all the same, right? But even if you look at comic book continuity, where all of this cuck started in the first place, right? It's a mess, my bro. You know this better than anybody else. Tell me, tell me who Nathan Summers is. Tell me. I can tell you. Tell me who Nathan <laughs> Summers is. I can tell you. Nathan Summers is the genetic offspring of 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 what should it of Cyclops and yes. a clone of Jean Grey yes. who was yes. raised in the future by yes. the Ascani. And, and who and but also raised by the Ascani, but also who? What do you mean and who? Well by his, by his by his actual by but but also oh, raised by Scott and Summers whose consciousness were thrown into the future. Yeah, right. And then they were raised there, and then they also had a baby. Okay, okay, just hold on. We went back in time. None of this is multiverse. None of this. But that, none, that's none. just time. Document null and void. No, but who, but who is X-Men? Okay, but that who is X-Men? X-Men is from Age of Apocalypse. And, and who is he? Yes, but it's a different person. From where? Why do you find this so From confusing? another, from an alternate reality. This is the cuck that I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, so basically what we're saying is, Zaid is confused and he thinks everyone's going to be confused. Yes, but that, that's... Yes. <laughs> also, you said Robert Downey Jr. is not going to look like that in 20 years. No? But Disney has very good de-aging tech. Ooh. Oh no, them that's a whole other story. That's a whole other story. They're just going to have everybody the, my, infinitely. My other worst fear is that they start doing stuff like they did in Rogue One. Where um, instead so of it, back... Alan Cushing and... Um, yeah. Who is this legendary yeah. woman's name? I can't remember now. <laughs> Carrie Fisher. It's like, guys, really? Did you really need to so, so spoilers. spoilers though? Um, okay, I'm not, I'm not gonna spoil it, but I'm just gonna say they have perfected that shit. They have yes. perfected that shit. They Recent have. things that have come out have shown us they have perfected that shit to the point where when it happened with Alan Cushing and with and with Carrie and Fisher, people were not happy about it whatsoever. And people are like this looks bad. It's, it's just terrible. And but a recent thing that happened, people lost their minds in a very, very, very. Yeah, good you're way. talking about you're talking about Boba Fett. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it for people. That wasn't that great either. No man, <laughs> you what? need the new prescription and your glasses. <laughs> wasn't that great either? You need the new prescription and your glasses. You know, no, I'm just I, I'm just saying, right? That, look, that's that's an, another issue completely. There, there's an ethical issue for me with regards to that, that I'm not happy about because that's again you're saying, oh well, 
instead of hiring a new actor to play, it's like like you're producing a new movie, you know, would be good in this movie. Tom Cruise, oh, but shit, Tom Cruise is 87 now, but we actually want Tom Cruise when he was like 26. So let's just make Tom Cruise when he's like, why don't you just hire an actual real person who's 26 to play? You know, that's a that's a whole other argument. But be that as it may. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is coming out on, the, I want to say, the 8th of May. That's in May, yeah, somewhere there. Yeah, somewhere May. around there. The 8th of May. I am looking forward to watching it, uh, primarily, actually, because I would like to see the conclusion of uh, Scarlet Witch's journey. That's actually of more interest to me. Can I can I just say that line delivery in that trailer, mm. where she tells, where she says that whole line about, you know, you you break the, break the rules and you're the hero and I break it break and the I'm the enemy. She says, like... Um, that doesn't seem fair, but the way she delivers it, she sounds fucking unhinged. Like no, <laughs> no, no, my friend. I don't think she sounds unhinged. I think she sounds perfectly reasonable. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I no, think like, she sounds perfectly look, reasonable. I don't think there's anybody in the in the MCU, in the main roster of the MCU, has gone through more shit than Wanda Maximoff. Yeah, she, she, is, she is justified. Like, I look, I don't know what the exact circumstances is that causes her to deliver that particular line. And for all we know, maybe that line isn't even in the movie, <laughs> right? For all, for all we know. Uh, but if it is, I am convinced that she's justified in what she has to say. I just hope that they don't use this as a, um, like, to, to turn her into the villain, like, going for, like, to, to, to give her, like, a heel turn. I wouldn't, I... I wouldn't like that. I would like for her to remain a hero, right? She yeah, was. Wonder Vision has done a good job of straddling that line where she's not doing great things, but you you sympathize with her mm. uh, for, for what she's doing. So I'm, I'm like, I don't she's want uh, a Daenerys Targaryen heel turn, <laughs> right? Oh my god! I so wish you, I wish you, I wish you listeners could see Shamir's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it rolled so far in the back of her head that if we connect the diodes to the sides of a skull, it would replace all I'm, the electricity we lose from Tal. I'm, from I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure she could see down into her own stomach right now. That's how far back her eyes rolled. <laughs> She's like, don't, She's even, like don't, don't even, don't talk to me about, don't talk to me about that that villain arc. No, I don't want to discuss it. It's just. Stop it so, right there. Yeah, that's just my only concern that they might look. I don't think it would be terrible. She she would be a formidable villain. Let's yes. let's be honest. But I don't I don't want to see that for her. I I really want her to have like a um, a great hero's journey, like learning con- learning to control the uh, um, chaos magic. Um, now that she realizes that. You know, it's not, it wasn't the, it was the time stone that they were using. Mind stone. The mind stone that, they, that was used on them. It's like, oh, it's not, my power doesn't come from that. This is my innate ability. I am, I am the, like the legendary Scarlet Witch. I'm going to learn to control this, uh, this power. And even if the, the, the um, like she says, like people maybe look bad on her, I, I want her to be a hero. Mm. Um, and I, I can't stress that enough. They like need to do that. Um, so I that's am, that's I'm, more interesting to me than I'm looking Martin pretty much forward though to 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 seeing Benedict Cumberbatch play the evil Doctor Strange, the the, the Strange Sorcerer Supreme, Strange Supreme, because that was a fun as hell character. If you haven't seen, oh, what that's if, gonna, oh, that's so great! It, you, you, it's it's obvious. It's my opinion the best out of all the episodes if, of What If. If you haven't watched What If, like please do yourself a favor. Like that, that's yeah. a that's a great show. That that episode in particular is fantastic. 
fantastic and now they're doing the live action version of it and it's it's i'm, I'm very very excited because they did he did his own voice work yes for yes. the for the yes. show yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah look it's, it's going to be fun i mean and then i will say i'm like actually more more interested in the um like the for the upcoming mcu stuff that's that 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 we should see in the next couple or whatever i'm like more interested in the smaller stuff like um the Blade movie that's coming mm, up. Mm. Uh, because that will probably be, like Shang-Chi, it will probably be more self-contained. It will be, yes. Um, and so, like, the movies that that have more to do with each other, they th- they interest me less than, than they did in the past. Um, I think a lot of that it has to do with also, like, putting aside, like, the whole multiverse stuff or whatever, it's like, Keeping the spreadsheet balanced, it feels like work, man. It's gotten to that point now where keeping everything's like, okay, this brow was here, and so now he's going to do that. And uh, uh, Loki and Sylvie did this thing, so now it's going to make this this thing here happen. And then it's like I, I, the, the, the experience of the MCU is feeling more like, like work than just enjoying a good story. I'm, I, on, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum because this is, to me, as a as a young boy growing up reading comics, I always dreamed of seeing these things in the big screen. It was never possible before. Mm-hmm. Um, now yeah. it's possible. And this is to me, it's like dream come true shit. Yeah. No, I, 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 I love this because it's like, it's like Kevin said, it's kind of like those spread pages now, like, yeah, but do you, someone's, I, I, I can't remember if it was a YouTube video that I watched, or maybe it was an article or whatever, but someone made the point that, like, if you watch phase one, right? So those, those like those first three movies, Thor, Cap, Iron Man, Hulk, Hulk. Although yeah. some people, some people like to say that that's Hulk. not part of the MCU, but whatever. Um, those, those, those. That first phase is almost like in the old days where there was the Captain America comic, and it was its own thing, and then he would cross over with someone, and they would do a big story, and then he'd come back and do his own thing. And I kind of wish that they had leaned, the whole MCU experience was kind of more of that, that you could actually, um, like the, 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 the tie-ins to the larger story is almost too much. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. And I, I can see the value in it for, like you were saying, I also wanted to see all of this on the big screen or whatever. But like I've got only so much time and I've got other things that I need to do. And like I don't want to manage a spreadsheet of who's doing what to where. And the, 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 obviously the part that ticks me off the most is that I'm going to be managing the spreadsheet anyway because I can't help myself because I'm this, I'm this huge invested nerd or whatever. right? But I do think that it, it, maybe it would have been better to keep those movie li- like lines separate on their own and then just have them come together. Like the the way the um, the way the Avengers come together in in the first Avengers movie, right? There's the cross continuity be- be- between the movies that come before that is not as heavy handed as subsequent movies, especially now. Um, and like I said, I, I, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying it seems like a lot of heavy lifting sometimes that sometimes I feel like I don't want to do. And so, then other so, times they'll do something awesome. Then I'm like, wow, that is actually kind of just, but 
So the yeah. problem with that was the first Avengers movie. Um, the moment they had any crossover whatsoever, it was always going to go out on this path because you, like I know from people that don't follow comics and don't read comics, the, uh, a common criticism people would ask, like I've spoken to friends who are not into comics at all, um, there's, this, there's this sort of suspension of, of disbelief when it comes to reading comics, where if you're reading a Spider-Man comic, Spider-Man will be fighting the Green Goblin all through New York City and destroying building after building. And you never ask yourself, why isn't the Fantastic Four stepping in? They've got a giant headquarters right in the middle of New York City. Uh, you know, and you never ask yourself that because that's just that suspension of disbelief you have in comics. And the movies had the same thing. The moment they crossed over, the moment these people became friends and you, you know, you had like Captain America going off and fighting Hydra, then you're like, why is he calling Tony Stark for help? But I like, mean, you know, you and, 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 I, and I know a lot of people ask that question. So they're kind of trying say to that. balance that. They're you, trying to balance that. You say like, that, right? But that, that very question was something that people asked me, like, uh, uh, with the end of No Way Home, they were like, there's like this huge fight happening <laughs> at the yeah. at the Statue of Liberty. Where's, like, where is, uh, where is Captain America? Why is he? So they, they, they tried to sort of do a bit of both. So you'll see like a movie, like a perfect, perfect example is Captain America Winter Soldier, where, you know, Tony's talk is right there and he's, He's very good friends. <laughs> with that that's actually probably one of the reasons why Shang Chi works so well. It's completely standard because because he is he's first of all like the city where he starts in is no, I think it's in San Francisco. San Francisco, yes. He's nowhere near New York, first of all, and then when he leaves there, he goes to um, not uh, not Shanghai. No. Um, yeah. But it's not Shanghai, but he goes to a major Chinese city, uh, Macau. He goes mm. to Macau, uh, so which is also nowhere near whatever, whatever other people are, whatever. Look, it's a fine balancing act, man. I don't so, know. Yeah, what it's, it's, it's a fine balancing act between keeping that. Say, inter- I don't say say some, as somebody who, who doesn't follow the comics, um, although I followed the MCU from its birth, I I would say that you you could technically jump in at almost any point and still have a enjoyable experience. You just won't appreciate it as much as you should, knowing mm. all the backstories and picking up on all the Easter eggs. But you could still go in and be like, this is hilarious. This is some good fighting scenes. And hey, uh, the good guys it depends, right? I it feel dep- good. It depends mm. on the movie. Like, I know people that watched Endgame and didn't know what the freak was happening. <laughs> because, okay, but I mean, like, Endgame. That Endgame like, was a spectacle. It wasn't even yeah. a standalone movie. That was one so, of two. Because, so, you, you, you talk about this. You see what people are I saw reviews from proper professional critics from major publications mm. where they <laughs> criticized Endgame for this. They were like, this movie is like a sequel, but you're not going to understand it if you haven't seen others. And it was like, yes, that's that's the point. That's the point. It's the culmination <laughs> of a, like ten years of movies. Like, like, uh, like uh, this um, is the fans. I remember mean, I had a, um, obviously this was pre-pandemic. I had like a, a bit of a family gathering or whatever. It was a bunch of us were sitting there, and I think this would have been maybe four or five days after Endgame had come out, right? And so, like, my one friend like says to me, like, oh, like. Did you watch Endgame? It's like, yeah, because like, like, of course I watched Endgame. It was, it was brilliant. And he's like, no, nah, I don't think it was so quiet. 
Nasa na, lukitim as I say to him, you know what? It wasn't made for you. Yeah. Now he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I said to him, did you watch, like, what of all the movies did you watch? This is why he watched one of the Captain Americas. He can't remember which and whatever. So I said, this movie wasn't made for you, right? This movie is like, is, there's no real story in Endgame. Not really. Endgame is the resolution of a story that has been happening. Uh, and so if you don't know what the story is, the stakes mean no nothing point. to you. It's like nothing that happens has any value to you. It's like, like Zayn, you, we disagree a lot tonight, but we will mm. both agree on one thing. Mm. And that is the portal scene in Endgame is one of the greatest things to ever be put on screen. Yes. Oh, and that yeah. scene in the has world. absolutely zero, like it has zero repercussions for you if you don't have the backstory to it. You don't. If you, the first time when, 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 when Steve Rogers says Avengers Assemble, I lose my shit. <laughs> and it's like, he was like, why? He's saying two simple words. But like, I've been waiting 10 years to hear yeah, these words. Years. <laughs> like, I've been on. waiting. <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to like see, like, look, like I said, I've, I've, I've stated my fears, right, about this going forward and I've made my prediction and I would love nothing more than to be wrong I like you guys I, I'm quite happy for you guys in five years to cuck on me and say oh it's a, it, it, can't wait it for like, I'm, IGN I'm, watch this I'm, episode 2007 I would love nothing more than to hear you guys berate me in five years time that would actually make me happy because it would mean that I was wrong and like, I would want nothing more than to be wrong but it's like you were saying earlier man it's like they really are telling long-form storytelling. And, and if they learned anything from the first three phases is that there is, in, there is value in investing in long-term storytelling. There's, in fact, there is one point whatever billion dollars mm -hmm. worth of value in investing in long-term storytelling. Um, so just given, just please just keep a handle on it. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> it's all I'm asking you to do. It's like, don't, don't make me go through a Rise of Skywalker moment where you cap off an arc and I'm like, I don't understand. I will, I will never, I will never, look, I'm, I'm not the type of guy, there's, of the new trilogy, the, the sequel trilogy, like, there's aspects of all three movies that I really love. Like mm. all this, even, even Rise of Skywalker, mm. there are aspects of it that I actually really love. But I will never, ever, ever forgive them for having the Emperor come back in fucking Fortnite. They didn't even put it in the movie. He came back in Fortnite. They did a promotion in the game. Yeah, and it's not, even, it's not even a Star Wars game. Yes. It's not even no. a Star Wars game. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. And on that bombshell, <laughs> uh, on that bombshell, uh, yeah, let's let's end it off there, guys. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, so next week we are watching either my nomination was number thirty-seven, that local uh, thriller movie starring Irshad Dali that you guys might know from Saint Worcester. Kevin uh, has selected. I give it to you. I give it to you, starring Rose Byrne and some other male man who's quite probably. Traditionally handsome. Uh, Shamis Patel Pampathanasio has selected Love Rosie, starring Phil Collins' daughter. Uh, and Shadley has picked The Holiday, uh, starring Jack Black, Edward Burns, Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, and a bunch of other famous stars. So uh, please select my movie if you are a true patriot. Select Normal 37. That's a local film. You should 
always support local over everything else. Even the SABC says so, 70% local all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Shlaudi. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool, man, and that's it. Uh, thank you for coming. Tatiela Mikey's. Thank you, Tatiela, for coming. We'll see you next week. Peace. Out. Bye.